Welcome, and thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccincy.com. And now for the message from Pastor Nathan Lang. To Ephesians chapter number 4, Ephesians chapter number 4, and uh, we've been going down through the book of Ephesians, obviously, and um, I love it. I love uh, um, the book of Ephesians. There's so much, so much meat in there. And, uh, but uh, Ephesians chapter 4, and uh, we're going to begin in verse number 1. Give you a minute just to get there. And uh, glad you're here. I hope that you are here. If you're physically here, I hope you're mentally here. Uh, I know Wednesday nights sometimes are hard because you come from work, you come from uh, wherever, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. And then uh, to take a break from it, sometimes you got to take a break literally so you can get to church. And, and so uh, I'm thankful for your faithfulness and that you're able to be here. And um, especially in the summertime, it's uh, so much going on. And uh, so, so our, I know our, uh, was it not last night, the night before, our, our, Jenny said, I don't think our air's working, and I've been praising the Lord. You know, the past few weeks, I've been saying, praise God for the air conditioning, and our air conditioning uh, stopped working a couple nights ago, but it was raining, and, uh, and it was in the evening. It was probably around 7 o'clock, and Jenny said, I don't think our air's working. I go over, and it was on 80, and I said, nope, it's not working, and, uh, and so uh, let's shut it down. So we shut it down, went out there, and we saw our, our pipe was a little bit frozen, and outside and so uh so uh, we shut it down for for uh for the night and we put fans in the windows and uh, we we survived we survived we made it and so uh but praise the lord for air conditioning went back out the next day turned it on it's working and so uh praise the lord for that so i'm thankful i am thankful for the air conditioning uh but uh ephesians chapter number four verse number one the bible says i therefore the prisoner of the lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Uh, in verse number four, there is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now, he that, now that he ascended, uh, what is it? But that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, <coughs> that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, making, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Let's pray. Father, Lord, as we open up the word of God, I ask that you would, uh, Lord, uh, help me recall to mind all that you'd have me to say. And Lord, I pray that I would speak uh, only what you want me to give tonight. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. Uh, now, I read through uh, uh, the first 16 verses. I don't know that we're going to get through the first 16 verses, uh, but uh, I like to read ahead. And of course, uh, we like to keep things in its context. We want to know what it's saying. Uh, I tell you, one, one of the dangerous things is people who will take the Word of God and they will just take one verse, uh, not even keeping it in its context. Um, uh, you know, for instance, I've seen people take this verse in here uh, where it says one baptism, and they'll say, see, uh, right there, the Bible says you just got to be baptized once. Then it's like, well, I get what you're saying, but that's not really what that's referring to. <laughs> and so we've got we've to be careful, you know, when we pull things out. Uh, if it's not within the context, you can make it say what you want. And uh, that's not what we want to do. Uh, but uh, uh, in our text here in chapter 4, Paul uh, is explaining how his readers must live as a church committed to gathering people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he outlines uh, some, some, some things in here uh, for church growth in these verses uh, that I think are very important. And he's basically outlining uh, the fact that uh, there needs to be unity, there needs to be ministry, and there needs to be maturity. Uh, within the church, there needs to be unity, there needs to be ministry, uh, and there needs to be maturity. And all three of those things uh, need to be present within the church, within the local body. Uh, not everyone in here is going to be at the same maturity level. Not everyone in here is going to be at the same ministry level. Uh, not everyone in here is going to be at the same, uh, you know, but, but one thing we can have is we can have uh, the same as we can have a unity. Uh, we can have a common bond in Jesus Christ. Uh, there's no reason for you to go around being bitter and angry with other Christians uh, and, uh, and other people for that matter. Uh, there's no reason for us to have that type of a spirit. And I'll tell you, that can, that can damper uh, the spirit in a church very, very quickly uh, just by having a couple people who, uh, who just are never, never at peace, never, never have a unity, just always looking uh, to sow discord and everything that, that, that comes with that. Uh, and that's exactly just what we do not need in the church. And so, uh, so in, our, in our text here, uh, he says, if you look back in, in and, and of course, we're in chapter four, back toward the beginning of the chapter, uh, uh, looking at the foundation here. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. And Paul, Paul spent three chapters spelling out uh, in detail, in detail, all that God did for us, uh, that he did for us freely, and that he did uh, by his grace. And now he brings us uh, to, to, to the fact that we need to live right, uh, but only after explaining what God did for us. For us. God did so much for us. And if this does not give you the spiritual boost that you need in your life, the fact that God did so much for us, he sent Jesus Christ to die for us. Uh, and all we have to do is simply by faith, put our faith in him. I'm so thankful for the gospel. We don't deserve it. Uh, we did nothing to earn it, but God loved us so much uh, that he did that for us. Uh, and he says that we need to walk worthy, uh, walking worthy of the vocation wherewith that we're called. And when we really understand how much God did for us, we'll, we'll naturally want to serve and obey him uh, out of gratitude. Why do you serve, uh, Pastor Lang? Um, well, I serve because of my gratitude for the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, well, you serve because you're the pastor and you have to. No, even before that, I served. Uh, before I was a pastor, I served and I sought to serve wherever I could. Why? Uh, because of my gratitude and thankfulness uh, of what Jesus did for me. And so you say, in this series, you've been talking about a lot about Calvary and, and the cross. That's right. And I tell you what, that is what will keep us humbled when we think about that, when we think about what we deserve and what Jesus uh, gave us and uh, uh, through the gospel. Uh, but 
but thinking about this and understanding who, who we are is the foundation of a worthy walk. We've got to realize who we are, and, uh, and the reality is, uh, compared to God, we're nothing. I love that quote. It's, it's in my Bible. Compared to Calvary, I've done nothing. Compared to Calvary, I've done nothing. And there needs to be a humbleness. And one thing you will get uh, after reading after the Apostle Paul is that he was a truly humbled servant for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and the idea here in this text is very, very clear. Uh, we, don't want, uh, we don't want to walk uh, worthy so that God will love us, but because he does love us. Can I say that again? We don't follow him be, you know, hoping that he'll love us. We follow him because he does love us. We love him because he first loved us. And so, uh, so thankful for that, that he, that he loves me, uh, even though he knows my heart and he knows my background and he knows what I'm capable of. But it's, it's motivated out of gratitude, not out of a desire to earn merit. We do not do what we do uh, so that we can get some, some checks on the board. You've heard me say this, I know, in the past, but I believe it, it, it bears repeating again. Uh, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, oh, I tithe. And a lot of people, you know, they, boy, they just think they're going to have all these extra rewards in heaven because they gave an extra $10 in the offering plate. No, that's a command. There's people who think, oh man, I went to Sunday school uh, and I went to Sunday morning. I went to Sunday night and I went to Wednesday night. Man, I'm going to have all these extra blessings in heaven because I only used to go to one service a week and now I go to four service a week. You know, Lee Robertson, three to thrive, four to soar and all that. Uh, and, and so now I'm just going to have all these extra blessings. Uh, no, that's a command. You're not going to get all these extra points in heaven for, for, for going. That's, that's simply uh, Christianity 101. That's what we're supposed to do. Uh, we're supposed to be faithful to God's house. We're supposed to be faithful in our giving. We're supposed to be faithful in our witness to him. We're supposed to be faithful in all of these things. And so we do that because we love him, not because of what we're going to get out of it. I tell you, uh, you know... You know, you know at the workplace, you know the clock watchers because they're the ones, as soon as that clock hits a certain, 3 o'clock, boy, they're, I mean, they're there at 2.59 and, and, and 59 seconds, and they're ready to, to put that, that, that time card in there and clock out. And as soon as they're clocked out, don't you dare ask them a question. Don't you dare ask them to stay over because once they're done, they're done. And can I say, uh, that's, that's one of the worst people to work with because they're, they're usually not a team player. They're usually not there to help out. You know, when you're, the, when you're at, a, at a job, and forgive me, I'm not trying to get off track here, but when you're working at a job, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, it's all about them. When I'm working at a job, my desire is to make that company the best company that I can. I want my boss to succeed. I don't steal from my boss. I remember when I worked at Cracker Barrel, you were not allowed to eat food unless you paid for it. You weren't allowed to get drinks unless you paid for it. Uh, they would let you, I think they'd let you have some tea, but that was it. And, uh, and I remember people would go in and they would sneak and they would, they, would, uh, they would steal pop and all that stuff. And I just thought, you know what? You're stealing from your employer. And that's just horrible. I remember, I remember this girl, she walked around the corner one time. She grabbed one crouton and put it in her mouth and ate it as she went as she went around the corner and the manager saw it and he fired her on the spot and uh, and I remember it was a big uproar and, and they said how could you do this he said if she'll steal a crouton she'll steal a steak if she'll steal a steak she'll steal anything you know and so and I thought wow that's that's a pretty interesting thing but you know uh, we want we want uh, people to succeed and can I say this as we're serving the Lord Jesus Christ uh, that uh, that we ought not be doing it for what we can get out of it you know there's a I remember there was somebody who used to go to our church and they no longer come and they haven't been in I mean years and years and uh, as a matter of fact they I don't I don't know if they've ever been to this building they went when we were in the other place and I uh, went by to visit them and 
And they said, oh, I go to this church up the road here now because, and they started naming all the stuff that that church gives them. Gives them food, gives them, I mean, a list of things. And I thought, you know, that's pretty sad that a person will come to the church purely and solely out of what that church will give them instead of what can I bring to this church? How can I help this church? How can I be a blessing? How can I serve? How can I give of myself? And can I say that's exactly where it's at? Hey, how can I give of myself to Lighthouse Baptist Church? How can I, what can I offer? What does it have to do with this text, Pastor Lang? Absolutely everything. That's what it has to do. And he gave some apostles. And he gave some pastors and teachers. And he gave, and and we'll see that. I don't know if we'll get to see that tonight, but you'll see that within this within this series. Um, Every every believer, uh, let me say that we we ought to be motivated by gratitude and our desire to serve the risen King. Every believer in God, every believer is God's firstborn. Can I say that? There's no favorites with God. God's not looking down, picking every. There's no oh, you're 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 the third string. Hey, every believer is God's firstborn, and He loves every one of us. And and thank thank the Lord for that. But let's look at verse number two. With all lowliness, and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another, but not just forbearing one another. What's the rest of it say? Forbearing one another in what? In love. Can I say that as we're to serve, that I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation that you're called with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. A worthy walk before God will be marked by a lowliness and a gentleness. You say, I'm a servant of God. There's going to be a lowliness to you. There's going to be a gentleness. You're not going to try to jump in and try to hurt somebody. You're not going to jump in and try to, you know, especially if you've got a new convert, you've got a new Christian in the church. Our desire, our our aim should not be to try to hurt somebody. We ought to be gentle with them. And can I say this? Whether they come in here and they look like you or not, it doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't it doesn't matter if they come in and they're rough around the edges. It doesn't matter if they come in uh, and they've just gotten saved. No, we ought to be, uh, have lowliness. We ought to have meekness as we try to help them and try to serve them and try to help them cultivate into what God wants them to be and not what we want them to be. He said long-suffering in verse number two, long-suffering Uh, bearing one another. Uh, We need this so that the inevitable wrongs that occur between people in God's family will not work against the purpose of God. What what, what, what am I trying to say there? I'm trying to say this, uh, that we need to have long-suffering. We need to forbear one another. Why? Uh, Because if we're not careful, we're going to let our differences, we're going to let our pettiness, we're going to let what we don't like about that brother or sister in Christ uh, get in the way of what God's trying to do at Lighthouse Baptist Church or whatever church (laughs) it applies it applies at all. Uh, in other words, hey, there's going to be some differences in your life and my life. There's going to be some differences in your Christianity and my Christianity. And I'm not talking about, uh, I'm not talking about uh, using different versions. And I'm not talking about uh, something major doctrinal. Uh, you know, I- I'm talking about uh, there may be some differences in the way you look or how you wear your hair. Hey, hey, that's okay. No biggie. But, but, but don't let that stop you from being friends and being 
gentle and being uh, forbearing and being long-suffering uh, with that person. Can I say that these are some, these are some spiritual gifts that God uh, bestows upon the church, uh, that he wants us to get these things down. Hey, we need to be gentle. I think about my grandpa, one of the greatest Christian men ever walked this planet that, I, that I've known anyway. And can I say that uh, when you went into his home, you knew it was a safe place. You knew you weren't going to get made fun of. You knew you weren't going to get picked on. Uh, you knew you were going to be just fine. And he had that. He had a gentleness about him. I don't know about you, but I don't like to go around people who are rough and mean and want to beat you up and tell you what, why you're wrong all the time. Hey, let's, let's show some grace. Let's show some grace in there. Long-suffering, long-suffering. Let's look at verse number three. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Oh, this is a good one. This is probably one of my favorite verses tonight. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You know, a forgiving attitude towards each other is, it naturally fulfills this gift of the unity of the Holy Spirit. Willing, willing. Can I say that, uh, you know, uh, the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed. Blessed are the peacemakers. Can I say that we ought to be looking for ways to make peace? Did you hear that? We ought to be looking for ways. One of the biggest things that comes to me all the time is, Pastor, I'm not talking to them, or Nathan, I'm not talking to them anymore. They did me wrong. They messed me up. They stole my money. They took advantage of me. They used me. They abused All this stuff. And the whole time I'm thinking, yep, that's what they did to Jesus too. That's right. Uh, and he still forgave them. Uh, but they go through this whole list of why, why they're horrible and they're not right with God or they're the most backslidden Christian they've ever met or they're not even saved. But listen to me now. But then at the same time, that same person expects that person who they've written off to be the worst Christian in the world, they expect that person to do the right thing and make amends and get this thing right. It doesn't make any sense. You say, why, do you, why are you bringing this up? Because it happens all the time. No, I'm going to let them get it right. They're the ones. No, no, listen. You're a Christian. You're the one who needs to make it right. But they started it. Okay, you three-year-old. It'll be okay. <laughs> That's what you sound like. You sound like my three-year-old. They started it. Yeah, well, why don't you finish it? Why don't you get it right? Why don't you have them over to your house for, for lunch? Why don't you have them out for a cup of coffee? Why don't you go over and talk to them during church? Why don't you do whatever you can to make it right? Blessed are the peacemakers. We are to be uh, a peaceful people. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called and one hope of your calling. Endeavoring to keep the unity, verse 3, the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is a common bond in here through Jesus Christ, and there should be peace in this church. And I believe there is, by the way. But don't let you be the one to start undoing that and determining you're not going to let it be peaceful. They need to keep a unity, keep a unity. Keep. You know what keeping a unity sometimes means? Now, I didn't say that was going to be easy. Sometimes that means swallowing our pride. Sometimes that means I know I'm right and they're wrong, but I'm going to keep peace. Does that make sense? My my, I've said this many times and people still, people call me liars. My wife and I have never had one fight in our marriage. Not one fight. We've had disagreements, yes, like everyone. I'm not saying we're perfect. But we've never had a, I got up in her face and chewed her out, and she got up in mine and chewed me out. We've never had that. Why? Because there's a common bond there, uh, and there's a discernment. You know, is there times where my uh, wife is wrong? Yes. Trying to make a point here. 
And I can make a point. Now, I'm going to make this right. Don't worry. And I can make my point and prove her that she's wrong. And you know what I've done? I've created a big mess in my marriage. What, what did I gain out of that? But you know what? There's a lot of times that I'm wrong. And she says, okay. You're, you're the husband. You're, you know, you, okay. And you know what? They're, 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 what I'm trying to say is, you have to learn and discern when you need to speak up and when you need to be quiet. If you're married in here, you, you should have figured that out by now. And if not, you probably need to see me because you need to learn that skill. When to speak up and when to be quiet. <laughs> I was listening to a preacher the other day and he said, he, said, uh, he said in the Bible, he said women, he said they're either good or they're bad. There's no in between. They're either good or they're bad. And I thought, that's not going to go over too well. And, <laughs> but, uh, but, but no, um, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit, the bond of peace. Unity of the Spirit. We can, we can understand the unity of the Spirit by understanding what it's not. Can I say that? Sometimes you, you look at something and you say, okay, well, let me see what it's not. Uh, Charles Spurgeon pointed out some of the things that the text does not say. He said that it does not say to endeavor to maintain the unity of evil the unity of superstition and the unity of a spiritual tyranny. Uh, it, does, it doesn't say that, does it? It doesn't say to maintain a spirit of evil. It doesn't say to maintain. Sometimes we've got to look at it at both, both coins here, uh, both sides of the coin. So what do we do? Hey, we need to keep a spirit, uh, a, a, a Christ-like spirit. A, hey, how would Jesus respond to this type of situation uh, and those sort of things? And so uh, we need to keep that in our, in our foresight uh, as we go through life. Uh, and then I want you to see in verse, uh, look at verse Number four, there is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. You know, have, having emphasized the importance of unity in, in, in the body of Christ for spiritual growth, uh, Paul explains the value of, uh, of diverse ministries uh, uh, among spiritual growth and amongst uh, the people of God. Uh, and he does so, and look in verse number seven, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. According to the measure of the gift of Christ. You know, Paul's not referring here to God saving us by grace alone and Christ dying for us. Uh, that, 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 that's not what he's referring to here, but to, but, but to his, his, his additional grace in giving us gifts of ministry as Christ has distributed them. When you got saved, listen, uh, I believe God gives us all gifts. I believe we all have a gift that, that God has given us or multiple gifts that we can use for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and it's my desire uh, to try to get you active in it and using it. Some of you have the gift that you can, you can administrate. Some of you are great with finances. Some of you are great uh, with, 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 you name it, with people. You're, you're people persons. You can talk with people. You're good with greeting uh, you know, people as they come in the door. Some of you are more quiet and reserved, uh, but you've got a gift that you can use. Uh, whatever the case that is, maybe you're good with children. Maybe you can, uh, and there's so many things that God gives us. And can I encourage you to use those gifts here at Lighthouse Baptist Church and whatever God has gifted you into doing. But can I say this, and I have to start putting a disclaimer on this. Uh, talk with me. If you believe it's a gift God's given you, you see me before you start using that gift. So let's make sure we're on the same page with you using that gift that you believe God has given you. Amen? I've had people just rear up and start doing stuff, and I'm like, well, wait a second now. There's, if you're going to work with youth at our church, you've got to have, pass a background check. 
You can't just come in and just start working with kids. If you're going to serve at our church, you got to be, uh, you, you got to make an effort to come. <laughs> uh, it, it goes hand in hand. Uh, a lot of people come in, hey, I want to do this and I want to do that. And then I never see them again. <laughs> okay, well, um, well, thank you for letting me know what you could do and uh, what we'll never see you do, and uh, uh, so to speak. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, uh, these gifts of grace that God gives us are not just abilities. Listen here, don't miss this. They're not just abilities, they're ministries. I have the ability, then let's transfer that word ability into ministry. I have the ability, I've got, I can, I can, I can help kids. Hey, wow, you know what? Well, let's, we could use helpers in junior church. We can help use helpers on our Wednesday night kids club when, when, it, when it starts back up. Uh, I've got the, I got, man, I can just work with this. Hey, that's wonderful. Uh, usually, usually across the board, what I usually get is I've got the gift to sing. That's usually what everybody has the gift to do. And they want to come in and showcase their voice. And uh, we don't do that here. It's not about how great your voice is. That, that, that's not what it's about. Hey, I'd rather see somebody up here singing who's faithful, soul winning, and can't sing to save their life than have somebody come up here who's the best singer on the planet and they don't live anything they're singing about. You know, I don't know, call me, you know, maybe call it hypocritical, but to come up here and sing about, about you know, leading people to Christ and you never do it. Come up here and sing about doing different things for the Lord, but you never, you never show that forth in your life. Uh, that, that's not good. <laughs> you need to be living what you're singing and what you're doing. And I understand that none of us can fully live up to what God uh, has for us or what we should be doing, but there should be some efforts made there, I guess is what I'm trying to say. One body and one spirit. They have a unity. There's a unity. As Paul explains uh, more fully uh, over in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Romans chapter 12, it means that, that none of us should indulge in, 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 in this, this feeling of inadequacy. Can I say this? If God's given you the ability and God's given you the desire on your heart, then you ought to try uh, to use that for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just named a few things in here so far. I mean, there's so many things. You know, Christ, here's the, here's the key. Christ apportions the gifts. Can I say that? That what we do have, the gifts we do have, we've got, we need to recognize them as coming from Him. Because what happens is when we think that we're doing it, and we boast of what we've done, then we've taken, we've get, we, we take all the glory from Him, and we take all the credit when it's not us in the first place. Can I say that it's very easy to get into that mindset? Look what I did. I did this. I, I accomplished this. And if there's any, any good thing in us at all, it's because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I say that there's, let me also say this, whatever gifts you have and I have, they had nothing to do with us. They were apportioned to us by the grace of God. So can I say this, um, and, and I, this just popped in my head, and I'd just like to just go ahead and mention this here. We ought not be getting envious and jealous over somebody else's gift. Let, let me say this. Here's what I'm trying to say. If you get up here and you sing, you see somebody come up here and they sing and you just say, wow, man, they, that was just amazing. That, they, they've just got spiritual, they, they've got a gift to sing, whether it's spiritual or not, but they've got the gift, they've got that gift. Man, why can't I have that? Listen, Christ gave you the gifts he wants you to have. Stop, I've learned this a long, long time ago. Uh, stop, trying to call, stop trying to force gifts in your life and focus on what you are good at. And what somebody, I mean, that's, that's just good natural common sense. Hey, focus in on what you're good at. 
Hey, what are you good at? Hey, cultivate that and be the best at that than you can be. Oh, but so-and-so, they're so talented. They've got, they can do five or six different things. Hey, that's okay. And they've got five or six different strains and responsibilities and pressures and all that stuff. Hey, you've only got one. You stick to that one and be thankful for that one. And you be the best at that one that you can be. Does that make sense? I mean, it's amazing. Hey, you know, it's so easy to sit and look around and wish that we could do that and wish we could do that and wish, or I could do that better or I could do that better. Well, Christ doesn't put you in that position necessarily. uh, So let's let that person keep doing what they're doing in it. Amen. Hey, I I have, I, I can do what I can do because of what Christ has equipped me and given me the ability to do. One body, one spirit. <clears throat> he says in verse number five and verse number six, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. In Jesus, we share one body, one spirit, one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one Father. Each of these common areas is greater than any potential difference. One baptism. Some think that because Paul says there's one baptism that the idea of baptism of the Holy Spirit is a, uh, you know, is, is a, this experience is, is invalid. But Paul uh, spoke here of this, of this baptism and uh, the fact that God uh, it, it, with the Spirit, with one Lord, one faith, one baptism, uh, is setting this up, uh, talking about, thinking about God's grace and what He has given us and what He has allowed us to have. We all have grace given to us according to the measure of the gift that God has given to us. That's what we have, what God has allowed us to have. That's what He's given us. Uh, when He ascended on high, uh, He says in this verse, uh, this is giving, uh, happening uh, when He allowed this, when Jesus ascended to heaven. This was evidence of His triumph over every foe, the leading of, uh, of, capti- uh, leaving, uh, of captivity uh, and setting the captives free uh, and, and evidencing there in that verse. <clears throat> Look at verse number Look at verse number um, 11 for a second. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, can I say this, and I'm trying to keep in, in, in unison with what we're talking about here. Uh, he did not necessarily give everyone all of these gifts. Not, not, not everyone has the ability to pastor or to teach. Not everyone has the ability uh, uh, to, uh, to do uh, all, all of these things that he gives. And whatever gifts he has bestowed upon you, uh, I just have to say it again. Be thankful that God has entrusted you with that gift. Because man, he could have given that gift to anybody, but he gave it to you. Can I say that uh, gossiping is not a gift? Um. Tearing somebody down is not a spiritual gift. Yeah, but I'm supposed to reprove, rebuke, exhort. I'm supposed to, oh yeah, hey, we, we, yeah, we, you leave that to the preachers to, to do that. And you just stick to the exhorting part. 
You know, I found that sometimes it's easier for people to pick apart what everyone else's problems are, but they never see any problems within themselves. Can I, let, me just, let me just burst some bubbles here tonight uh, who, who may need this. Uh, if you never see anything wrong, you never have any sin in your life to repent of, can I say that the problem is not everyone else? It's you. It's you. It's amazing how we can, we can focus in on everybody else and, and what they're doing or not doing, and we've totally missed what God's trying to do in our lives or reveal to us in our own lives. The offices of spiritual leadership in the church uh, and their purpose uh, are laid out here uh, in, in verses 11 and 12, and uh, he, he, the Lord, is showing that Jesus established these offices. In verse number, let's look at it. I don't want you to miss this. And he, and he gave some. It didn't say that they developed these themselves. He gave them. Jesus Christ gave them these gifts. He gave them to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And Paul described four offices uh, here. Uh, absolutely amazing. Paul, they're <laughs> thinking about the apostles who are special ambassadors for the work of God. Uh, absolutely amazing. Can I say this, that we are all ambassadors for the work of God in here today. If you're in here, you're, uh, an ambassador, they go to a foreign country, they, you know, hey, when you step, side, step foot outside these doors, you're in a foreign country. Hey, you're going to a country uh, to give the gospel, and that's what we are we're, uh, in that sense. And we know uh, the apostles being in the, uh, those who were there uh, in, uh, around Jesus, who, who followed him and actually saw him live during his time period. Uh, but thinking about prophets who, who speak forth words from God in complete consistency with the foundation of the Old and New Testament, uh, and thinking how he set them up, uh, and uh, apostles and prophets and evangelists who are specifically gifted to preach the good news of salvation salvation to preach the word of God and uh and he and he set them up and pastors and teachers uh and and set them up and and thankful uh for that for the ability and can I say uh pastor a lot of people say hey I'm I'm called to ministry being called to preach does not mean you're called to pastor there's a difference there's people in our church who are called to preach uh, and who uh, are not necessarily called to pastor. And you know, they fulfill that. They preach in nursing homes. They preach in junior church. Uh, they preach whenever there's an opportunity for them to preach, if it's popcorn preaching or whatever. Uh, but there's opportunities for them to use that, that calling that God's giving them. Uh, but uh, uh, let me say this. Uh, a lot of people, I remember in Bible college, I went to Bible college with quite a few people uh, who they believed they were called to preach and they just thought that was a call to pastor. And, uh, and a lot of them ended up making a mess out of their life because that's not what God wanted them to do. Let me say this, you ought to pray about it before you launch into anything. Uh, I've always said this, when in doubt, don't until God gives you peace about it. And, and, and especially a major decision in your life. For the perfecting of the saints. Why, why did he establish these gifts? Why did he set all this up? Why did he say, all right, now we need people to preach. We need people to organize. We need people to, uh, to teach. We need all these different things. The apostles, we've got all these people set up. Uh, why did he set them up? He lays it out very clearly. It's not so they can boast on what they've done. It's not so they can build big bank accounts. It's not so they can fly around all the country in these big jets, $40 million jets like some of these big time preachers do. No, he said, for the perfecting of the saints hey, why am I here? It's to help perfect the saints. It's to help lead this church in the right way. That's why you've got pastors uh, who they don't lead churches in the right direction. They don't lead them in the, in the way of the gospel. Uh, and I'll tell you, I wouldn't give you a dime for any church who's not a soul-winning, sold-out church. 
But goes without saying, just because soul winning is on the door doesn't mean that the people are doing it. You know, there's a lot of people, <laughs> it's amazing, there's a lot of people who, if I were to say we're not going to be a soul winning, which you, this would never happen, but if I were to say we're not going to be a soul winning church, uh, we're going to quit soul winning, it doesn't work anymore. If I were to come up to the pulpit and say that, I would have scores of people get upset and leave, and the sad part is most of them would never even pass out a track one in a year. But they want to be a part of a church that was this, but they're not actively living it. You know, sometimes the preaching will get under your skin. Sometimes the preaching will get under your seats a little bit and burn you a little bit. Hey, but that's good for that to happen. Uh, why? Because we need to be reminded of what we need to be doing. If I come up here and say, we need to be sharing the gospel uh, and not just, yeah, everyone would agree with that. But what are you doing personally to do it? If I get in here and say, everybody ought to have, be using their gifts uh, here at Lighthouse Baptist Church or gift, whatever it is, uh, at Lighthouse Baptist Church, uh, everyone in here would agree with that. But I say, all right, now what are you personally doing to use your gift at Lighthouse Baptist Church. Oh, you done went from preaching to meddling. Oh, it was all good until, uh, uh, you know, until you started preaching on my sin. <laughs> for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The primary purpose of the church isn't just to convert sinners to Christianity. Did you get that? See, there has to be a balance in this thing. The purpose of the church is not just to lead people to Christ. If all we ever do is lead people to Christ, but we don't go after them for baptism and discipleship, then we're only doing a third of this thing. If all we do is disciple, which there's a lot of churches, that's all they do is disciple. The problem with only discipling is you're going to run out of people disciple before long. <laughs> so you need somebody to go after Hey, there's got to be a balance. Our church isn't just about leading people to Christ, though that is the main thing, uh, to convert sinners to Christianity, though that is the main thing, but to perfect, uh, to, and that word perfect meaning to complete and to mature the saints with a ministry and the edification of the body. Uh, in other words, uh, we're to, uh, to lift each other up, we're to edify each other, hey, we're to train, we're to uh, disciple. And I've, I've said this, you should always, for the rest of your life, you should either be disciple discipling somebody or being discipled for the rest of your life. You say, well, I've been discipled. Hey, discipleship, uh, it, it, never, it never stops. Now, it may stop in the sense of, here's your curriculum, but can I say discipleship should lead on with, okay, here, now I'm going to stick you with this person. This is a good soul winner. They're going to teach you how to soul win. I'm going to stick you with this person. Hey, they know how to live the practical Christian life. They, that's somebody you ought to be at the feet at. Uh, you ought to be learning and, and mentoring from them. Hey, we should always be training or learning. Training someone else or learning ourselves. We should always be doing that. God's people do the real work of the ministry. Leaders in the church have the first responsibility to equip people to serve and to direct their service that God gives them and leads them toward where he'd have them to use. <clears throat> you say, I don't know what my gifts are in here tonight, Pastor Lang. That's okay. That's okay. 
Just because you don't know what, what your spiritual gifts are doesn't mean that God can't reveal that to you. Hey, what are you good at? What, what can you do? Are you good with people? Boy, we can plug you in some places there. You say, I don't like people. Well, we'll still find somewhere for you. <laughs> we'll still find something for you. I always joke, preach most pastors joke, I, I'd love the minister if it wasn't for people. And uh, <laughs> it's a joke. Come on, come on. And I'm going to wrap this up for tonight, but he says in verse 13, till we come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The first goal of God's work through the gifted offices and equipped saints, this is the, the, the consistent with both the, the purpose of God and, and his ultimate will and the mystery of God revealed through Paul here. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Paul did not command a, a structural or organizational unity, but a spiritual unity around a common faith. Yes, you're not going to get along with everybody in this room on everything. Agree to disagree. But you have a common bond in Christ. Serve Christ together. Look for ways to yoke up with another Christian and uh, in, in, in Christian service together. When the gifted offices work right and the saints are properly equipped, Christian maturity increases and there's no greater no greater uh, you know service than with somebody who's maturing as a Christian but I said earlier hey there's a there's a there's a unity there, there's a there's a there's a ministry and there's a service a service with 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 humility I get Brother Ricky Moon would say this all the time in chapel and in church education and prayer class, which was all the same thing, by the way. Um, some of you on here get this. <laughs> he always, he, he said, he said, fellas, I get to serve Jesus. Not I have to, I get to. I mean, he would always be so excited about it. I remember Jack Treber coming, and I'm, and I'm going to finish. Jack Treber came to preach chapel one time. And he said, he said, he said, uh, he said, I just had somebody write into me who used to go to Golden State. They graduated. It's been five or six years. And he said, they wrote to me and said, preacher, you said the ministry was great. He said, you didn't paint a great enough picture. It's better than I ever, never imagined, ever dreamed. And can I say that here I am years later, 10 years in, in pastoring. It's better than I ever dreamed. Sure, there's heartaches with it. Sure, there's problems with it. That's life. Sure, your marriage is going to have some heartaches and problems. That's life. Sure, your friendships are going to have some heartaches and problems. That's life. Kiss and make up in your marriage. Kiss and make up in your friendships. Maybe if, it, maybe if the hat fits, put it on. Yeah, there's going to be problems. Uh, but one of the greatest mistakes people think is that I'm going to get in the ministry. I'm going to get married. I'm going to do all this. It's going to solve all my problems. No, it's not. Problems are going to be there. You've got to learn to deal with them. 
And if you're going to learn to deal with them here at Lighthouse Baptist Church, and you're going to, some people are here uh, who, who, who used to be here who are not here today. And I'm not a, a, a person who, you know, you left our church and we're going to bash it. No, that's not me. But there are not all of them. Some of them left because they're, they're, they could not have a unity with other brothers and sisters in Christ. So what did they do? They went to the next church. But guess what? There's going to be more problems. There's going to be the same, same Christians there uh, who are going to have problems. And you know what? If they don't learn to deal with it, all they're ever going to be is a church shopper. One year here, two years there, three. Hey, learn to deal with it. Learn to get it right. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we do thank you for the privilege to be in your house tonight. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccincy.com.